for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! Welcome in to the Blitz pod. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Kane Schwartz. I'm joined by Mitchell McDonald today. How you doing, Mitch? Doing swell. Doing swell. I like swell. That's a good answer. Nothing about the weather this time, which is nice. Thanks for thanks for sparing me on that. <laughs> um, Jaden, I see that you have your Dodgers gear on very proudly. Um, as we are recording this, the Dodgers-Giants um, game five just finished. And the Giants lost on a wrong called check swing in the bottom of the ninth. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, poor Giants. But who doesn't want to see the Dodgers advance, you know? Like, it is what it is. It is what it is. So, how you feeling, man? I'm feeling good. I don't think that everyone wants to see the Dodgers advance because, you know, a little bit of a super team action going on. But, hey, i like to see them advance. And we're going back to back. There you go. Scherzer, bottom of the ninth, first save of his career. Kind of cool. 37 years and 80 days. Yeah. Dude, I mean, that's playoff baseball. It's really exciting stuff. But we had a little bit of football tonight as well, which was not going to lie to you. I didn't watch more than five minutes of it because of the baseball game tonight. But um, Mitch watched a fair amount of it, I believe. So let's dive into it. Thursday night football recap. We had the Buccaneers taking the dub over the Philadelphia Eagles at the link. Um, the Bucks win 28 to 22 in this game. Uh, Mitch, real quick, you just want to fire off some of your initial takeaways, just what you saw. One of the most surprising things I saw was the only real thing the Eagles could do towards the end was run the football which is the complete opposite of what I'd expect against Bucks defense. But I think they were just expecting the pass so much that they let them run. And overall, Tampa Bay pretty much dominated and then just took their foot off the gas. That was about all I could see from it. Good stuff. Good stuff. I mean, not that, not that much of a headliner game, to be honest. So it's not, not too many takeaways that we can take away from this. I mean, we all picked the Bucks to win. We all picked the Bucks on spread, and it happened. So there you go. Um, actually, I think the Eagles covered. It was six points. Yeah. I said the – well, I didn't get to say it, but I said the Eagles would cover in my own notes. Ooh, good stuff. Good stuff. Nice call. But – Anyway, the Bucs end up taking the dub regardless. Um, some of my takeaways from this game, the Bucs held off that fourth quarter comeback. Uh, the Eagles scored eight in the fourth to put them within six points, but it just was not enough in the end. Um, another takeaway, uh, Leonard Fournette has officially turned Ronald Jones into a bench running back. <laughs> uh, Leonard Fournette had 22 carries tonight. And I believe Rojo had three. 
Uh, but Leonard Fournette had 22 carries, 81 yards, and two touchdowns. So I think it's pretty clear that Rojo might stay. But we've seen this before with Rojo. He gets put into the doghouse a lot for fumbles, and eventually he comes back out. But as it looks right now, playoff Lenny is in full effect. Um, he has become the bell cow in Tampa Bay. But in terms of fantasy goes, I mean, that's a pass-happy offense. So I don't know how much value you can take in Lenny, but definitely good stuff tonight. Um, also, Antonio Brown outshines Chris Godwin and Mike Evans again today. I mean, this really does. We mentioned prime AB last podcast. I mean, this really does look like some prime Antonio Brown stuff here. He had nine catches on 13 targets tonight, 93 yards and a touchdown. Um, and Godwin and Evans were very underwhelming. Um, Godwin had five catches on five targets, 43 yards. Evans, two catches on four targets, 27 yards. So maybe Antonio Brown is supplanting himself as the number one receiver among some a lot younger fellas and arguably more talented. But, I mean, can't argue about what Antonio Brown is doing so far this year. And also – my final note from this game is OJ Howard is finally starting to live up to the hype. Um, Jaden, I don't know if you remember, but back when like we did, like it was one of our like first five episodes, it had to be. And I mentioned OJ Howard and I didn't know that he was injured all year. And I was like, remember that? Uh, yeah. Cause this, I was hyped. this is when we were still, this is when we were still doing Blitz of Buckets and like the very next episode, you got LaMelo and Lonzo mixed up for like three straight minutes. So I was yeah. like, geez, <laughs> geez. But um, I mean, there was a, there's always been a lot of hype behind OJ Howard is my point even last year, but he was injured all of last year, unfortunately. But finally, this first round pick back in 2017 is starting to show flashes, six catches on seven targets tonight. Um, that was second on the team behind AB, 49 yards and a touchdown. So he's plants himself over Cameron Braid here. But <clears throat> I feel that when Gronk returns, obviously OJ Howard is going to see less better days. But um, I don't know. Tom Brady I, has operated in a two tight end system before. So maybe OJ Howard has some value in fantasy, maybe. But anyway, finally, so signs of life from OJ Howard. So. Well, that does it for our less entertaining Thursday night football game. But we've got some really, really solid matchups coming ahead in week six that I'm really looking forward to, and I'm sure you guys are too. So let's get into it. Our first game on the slate is the 4-1 and one Green Bay Packers at the – three and two Chicago bears in the one o'clock window. So most wouldn't say that this is a headliner game, but I threw it in there just because, you know, it's Packers bears. And that's probably one of, if not the best rivalry in football, probably not nowadays, but as far as history goes, good stuff. So let's dive into the things to watch in this game. And we'll start with some injuries. Uh, Mitchell, I'll throw it to you. Allen Robinson is suffering with sort of an ankle injury right now. What you got on that? Well, the team has actually not released any details about it other than it's an ankle issue. He hasn't practiced at all this week. So it's really concerning that they're not bringing anything up about it and he hasn't practiced. I would definitely keep an eye on this over the weekend. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely concerning, but Allen Robinson has been laying duds all year. So I guess this very dismal throwing dismal out for a second week in a row, um, this very dismal passing attack, I guess maybe doesn't even need Allen Robinson, but anyway, we'll get into some of the Allen Robinson talk later, but practice not practicing all week is definitely concerning for Allen Robinson. So um, besides the Allen, it, it besides the Allen Robinson injury, the other things to watch in this game um, can Justin Fields get going after a decent performance last week um, on the season. It's been very underwhelming for Justin Fields, despite not starting in all of the games. Uh, he has not looked impressive so far. 458 yards, which is 32nd in the NFL. And in case you didn't know, there's 32 teams in the NFL. So that's dead last. One touchdown on the year um, and two interceptions. And his QBR is only 17.7, which also sits at 32nd, dead last. But there was some promise last week. Um, 12 for 20, not a whole ton of passing yards, just 111. But he did throw his first passing touchdown, which was nice to see out of Justin Fields. Um, next thing to watch in this game is how bad is this Packers defense without their star cornerback, Jair Alexander, um, versus the Bengals. The Packers were without Jair Alexander in this game, and it wasn't too pretty on the secondary side. Um, the defense allowed 264 passing yards, which isn't too shabby, but they allowed Jamar Chase to they allowed to do it. I'll just say they allowed him to do a lot. You know, they allowed him to do a lot in this game. Jamar Chase went for six catches, 159 yards and a touchdown. And if they go up against, God forbid, Allen Robinson healthy or even a Darnell Mooney, who's more of that deep, a deep threat like Jamar Chase is, it might be problems for the Packers secondary. Um, but if Allen Robinson plays, I just mentioned this, um, it could be his breakout game so far this year and there has not been one in his uh, in his season so far he has not scored more than fantasy eh, 10 fantasy points in he's only scored 10 fantasy points in one game at least 10 fantasy points um he's had no more than six (laughs) nice nice he's had no more than six targets since week one and only one touchdown on the year so if we're operating on the assumption that he's healthy. Jaden, I'll start with you. Do you think Allen Robinson could possibly have his breakout game, or do you think he's just stuck in Chicago, completely dysfunctional, and all hope is lost? God, I hope so, because I I was a big believer in Allen Robinson coming into the preseason uh, or coming into the season. I had him, I think, as my wide receiver nine in people and I looked today and he is wide receiver 60 as far as scoring goes, which is absolutely insane. And especially considering he's played all five games. Uh, yeah, I hope so. I feel like if it's going to be any game, it's got to be this one. I thought it would have been last week, but because the Raiders secondary is just as depleted as the Packers right now. Uh, but man, I, I really would like to see him because I'm a, I'm a big A-Rob guy. So it would be nice to see him get his stuff back on track and, you know, maybe put together a win in the process. But yeah, the bears are surprisingly three and two, which I had absolutely no idea, especially with everything that you've heard coming out of Chicago over the last few weeks, you would think it's been all turmoil and they're 
0-5, but they're actually putting together a winning season. Yeah, yeah, surprisingly enough with a horrendous passing attack right now. So, Mitchell, do you think there's a chance that Allen Robinson breaks out this game, or do you think he's just destined to be bad this year? <laughs> I think this is going to be have to be the game where Allen Robinson breaks out because – like we talked about last week, it's the Kevin King game. People circle this game on their calendars to try to break out. And if he doesn't do it this week, then you might as well cut him or try to find some idiot in the league who still wants him because he's useless. There you go. Especially, like, he's got some injury stuff going on right now, too. So what kind of argument can be made for Kevin King? But even if it, it – it's either going to be Kevin King or somebody worse on the roster. So if Allen Robinson is going to do it, it's going to be now. But a lot of it relies on Justin Fields, who has not looked the greatest. So they just like, I don't understand. Like Matt Nagy, you need to build an offense around your best player. Like look at the Packers right now. Like Randall Cobb was just on NFL Network today. And he was like, well, it's obvious to everyone that our offense runs through Devontae. Like, it's very possible for you to run an offense through a receiver like Allen Robinson. And that's what they should be doing. But Matt Nagy has zero fucking brain cells. So I, I get so frustrated when I watch Bears games because why wouldn't you give the ball to your best player? But I don't know. Poor Allen Robinson. I just feel bad for the man in Jacksonville and Chicago. Ugh. Man's had more quarterbacks than D-Hop. <laughs> I'm referring I, to I feel, Go ahead. I feel bad for him too, but he kind of chose his fate. Because he took the bag over going to Green Bay. I hate to be that guy to bring that up, but no, he got that's franchised. True. He didn't want to be there. No, like when he signed in Chicago, he had an offer yeah. from Green Bay. He didn't take it. Imagine Devontae Adams and Allen Robinson in the same offense. Holy Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. Oof. That would be elite, but that is long. The thoughts of that are long gone for Allen Robinson. It's his own fault. But I just mentioned Devontae Adams, who happens to be playing in this game. This is a Packers Bear game. So let's hop into some of the Devontae Adams talk, who has been absolutely phenomenal this year. He had a dud in week one. So there were some concerning thoughts about Devontae Adams' lead off. Like, oh, is this not going to be the same Devontae Adams? But that was an overreaction because he now has 42 catches, which is first in the league, 61 targets, first in the league, 579 yards, which is also first in the league. So I'm just wondering, is there any chance for the Bears to stop the Devontae Adams-led Green Bay Packer offense, especially that passing offense? Um, the Bears secondary so far this year, They've allowed 185 yards per game allowed to receivers, which is 11th in the league. So kind of middle of the pack, but it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of slow down Devontae Adams pace in this game. Um, also, Mitchell, the next thing I want to talk about is the Khalil Herbert talk. And I want to give you a lot of credit, man. Last podcast, you were like, I think it's going to be uh, – they really like Khalil Herbert, and I think he's going to be a lot more involved than other people think. So, you nailed it. What did you think of Khalil Herbert on Sunday? Well, he actually got a bulk of the carries. I'm mm -hmm. a little disappointed that Williams got the touchdown, but, hey, Herbert shined, and it's his time to shine now that he's out for – Williams is out for this week. So, let's see how far the Herbert train goes. 
Yeah, you mentioned it. Um, Damian Williams this week is on the COVID-19 list. He um, actually tested positive for COVID. It wasn't contact tracing or anything like that. So he is going to be out for this game. So Khalil Herbert, the rookie sixth-round pick from Virginia Tech, takes over the backfield duties in this game. And like you said, he got the majority of carries last game against the Raiders. Um, He had 53% of the snaps, and he had 18 carries on 75 yards. So he seems to be between-the-tackles kind of guy for the Bears, and he'll have a chance to prove – whether or not he should be the number one, at least until David Montgomery comes back in this game. So let's dive into some of our thoughts about who's going to come out on top in this game by getting into the spreads and the money lines and the picks. Um, the spread for this game, Green Bay, minus five and a half. Uh, the money lines, Green Bay, minus 230, Chicago, plus 190. And my pick, I'll go ahead first. I'm taking Green Bay on the spread and the money line. Um, it's obvious to everyone that Chicago just does not have the offense to keep up with an offense like Green Bay. I mean, Justin Fields has been extremely disappointing. I don't know if it's Fields. I think a lot of it's Nagy, but that offense is nowhere near being good. So give me Green Bay by a million. They just won't be able to keep up with them. Jaden? Yeah, I'm right there with you. Give me Packers on both the spread and the money line. Uh, I think Justin Fields could have an okay day. Like, you know, we obviously have Jair Alexander missing from the Packers secondary, but it's just not going to be enough. And I don't think their defense is going to be able to slow down the Packers enough to keep their offense in pace with the Packers offense. Right, right. Good stuff. Mitchell? Got to take Green Bay on both. I don't think the Bears have the firepower to keep up with them at all. Yeah. So that's three out of three. You take the Green Bay spread and the money line this week. Um, our next game, which is a lot more entertaining than this Packers-Bears game, is the L.A. Chargers, Mr. Mitchell McDonald's own proud team, who is sitting at 4-1 and one at the Baltimore Ravens, who are also sitting at 4-1 and one right now in the 1 o'clock window, which, I mean, it's pretty obvious to me that this could – very easily be the game of the week. I think it's going to be awesome. Um, Thanks for watching this game for me personally. It's a battle of the MVP candidates we got here. Um, Lamar Jackson, after the amazing performance that we talked about on Monday night, he is firmly in the top three, if not the top of the MVP ladder. Um, He's sitting at 1,519 yards, which is fifth in the league. Eight touchdowns, three interceptions, and on the ground, 341 yards and two touchdowns. But teams have done a very good job of limiting him in the running game this year. But like I said on the pod last time, he has proved that he can throw the ball in the face of this adversity. Um, but then you got Justin Herbert on the other side, on the Chargers side, who is also making a strong case for MVP. Um, he's sitting at 1,576 yards, which is fourth, 13 touchdowns, which is tied for third and three interceptions. So we see two of the best quarterbacks in the league go toe-to-toe in this matchup. I'm excited. Um, Next thing to watch in this game is we've seen it a lot in the past few games, whether or not, like, it's interesting to see what defenses and how defenses game plan against this Baltimore offense. So I'm curious, will the Chargers defense game plan against the run or the pass in this game. 
the Ravens run game of the past two games. Um, Denver did a very good job at limiting the run game. They held Baltimore to 102 yards and they carried the ball like last second to get above the streak so they could tie Pittsburgh. So kind of stats are kind of lying there, but um, also played Indianapolis and they did a great job of containing the run 86 yards um, in that game. So that's two weeks in a row that we've seen defenses game plan against a run very well. But Lamar has decided to throw it in these two games. I've talked about it a lot. He has a combined 758 yards, five touchdowns, and zero interceptions in this game. But if we look at the Chargers defense, they have the most rushing yards allowed so far this year, 157.6 yards per game, uh, most yards per attempt. But – they are top seven defense versus the pass, allowing only 214.2 yards per game. So, Mitchell, I'll turn it to you. How do you think the Chargers defense is going to approach the Baltimore offense on Sunday? I got it. They might end up doing what we did against them in the wild card round a few years ago and running almost eight DBs every play just because Lamar's actually passing good, but their running backs actually – or suspect Lamar is somehow the best running back on the team. And that's not even a joke about him at this point. He's just definitively their best runner. So they're probably just going to try to match speed with speed and have enough people in coverage to avoid a Hollywood breakthrough pass. Good stuff. Yeah. I mean, that argument about Lamar though, I mean, I'm sure Lamar would be the best running back on a lot of teams right now, but I agree with you. Um, that's I was just curious about how you were thinking as a Chargers fans they were going to approach this, but that's good stuff. ATB's back, interesting. Jaden, do you think it's going to be a lot of that, or maybe they'll gear themselves more towards the run? Uh, I think they're going to use Derwin James. I wouldn't say like on Lamar, but Derwin James' primary focus is going to be Lamar Jackson for the majority of that game. From what I've heard, they're going to try and use him as a spy because he's got the speed and the tackling ability that not a lot of players in the NFL have to be able to try and contain a Lamar Jackson type player. Uh, I think they're going to still be more geared towards the run, but only the Lamar run. Like in the option game, they're going to go for Lamar every time because like Mitchell said, the Ravens running backs have struggled over the past few weeks. And ever since that Tyson Williams game against uh, Vegas, that first week, they really have not been very good. So if you can hone in on Lamar and shut him down, if he's not going, the rest of the offense can't really make plays for themselves, and they're not going to be able to score enough points to keep up with this Chargers offense. Good stuff. Good stuff. You know, it's interesting right now that Devontae Freeman is getting a whole lot of work over the zero work that Le'Veon Bell has. So that just goes to show you how much of a bum – Le'Veon Bell is after coming I out on Twitter that. and saying all this, like, all oh, like I'm, yeah, you don't have no idea how good I am. Like, how could you say this stuff? Like, well, he's the fourth best running back on a team with no running backs. First of all, he's wearing number 17. So Gross. that's, that's an issue in itself. And that's, that's mm -hmm. why I think he's struggling to run the ball because he's wearing number 17. Yeah. I mean, gross number 17. Why? What? <laughs> why is there a Perfect fan there you go that's <laughs> <Must> why <be. laughs> he's inspired yeah Le'Veon Bell tries to base his game off of Philip Rivers game it must that's be because of how slow he's been running the ball recently that's, that's <laughs> gotta be it 
<laughs> probably, probably. Um, let's dive into the next thing to watch in this game, and that is we talked about the Chargers secondary, but how will Marlon Humphrey and the Ravens secondary fare against arguably the best wide receiver duo in football right now, and that is the Mike Williams and Keenan Allen duo. Um, the Ravens secondary has, despite the absence of Marcus Peters, performed very, very well this year. They have not allowed a 100-yard game to a receiver so far this year, and they've only allowed 164.8 yards per game to receivers in general, which is very impressive. But if you haven't met Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, they are just a different breed. So don't expect that in this game. Mike Williams, we talked about it last week or on the last pod, had an absolute monster game last week against the Browns. Mike Williams now 31 catches on the year, 471 yards and six tuds, which leads the league. Um, Keenan Allen, a little bit less impressive. He has 34 catches, which is more than Mike, um, but only 369 yards and a touchdown. So, Mitch, I wanted to ask you, do you feel that Keenan Allen is just might take a backseat to Mike Williams for the rest of the year? I thought we, me and Tyler and Jaden talked about this on last pod, but I think obviously you provide a different perspective as a fan. I think that just teams have not respected Mike Williams for the receiver he actually is. And Keenan Allen's finally getting his top 10 recognitions that no one's given to him before this year. It's just been people are trying to lock down Keenan a lot more and Mike's been slipping through the cracks. And I think that now that they have to respect Mike Williams for the dangerous threat he is on the outside, that Keenan will have a lot more opportunities open up. I could see him getting a double digit catch game for over a hundred yards this game. If they don't treat him like a top 10 receiver, like he is. Gotcha. Gotcha. Nice. Nice. A little, possibly a little preview for start sits. Ooh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, Jaden, I'll toss it to you. Um, do you think, well, I'll toss you a different question. Um, who do you think Marlon Humphrey, if he's going to, do you see him going one-on-one -on -one with one of these guys or do you see him like rotating around the field? Um, how do you see it going down in this game? I think they're going to kind of be mixing it up a little bit. I think he'll, Obviously, guard Keenan some. He'll guard Mike Williams some. I don't know precisely how big Anthony Abert is, but I can't imagine it's as big as Mike Williams. So no, it's not. It's not even close. <laughs> yeah. so, so I think that no matter what, it's going to be really hard to guard Mike Williams. So you might as well zero off Keenan Allen. I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth because if I said that last year, everyone would look at me like an idiot. But I think this could uh, prove to be a problem for Baltimore, this whole two very, very, very good receivers with a very, very, very good quarterback and one good corner. You, you, you're going to kind of have to pick your poison. You know, you let Keenan go off and you hold Mike Williams and vice versa if you flip the matchup. So. Yeah, there one you corner for two receivers doesn't sound like it exactly adds yeah. up there. Yeah. Granted, Marlon Humphrey, one of the better corners in the league, but um, Damon Everett's his name, right? I'm not Anthony Everett. Anthony Everett. Well, whoever it is, he got, Martin, he got mossed. He got mossed by Michael Pittman last week. I mean, absolutely embarrassed by Michael Pittman, who Michael Pittman is not. I love him, but he's not Michael one of the Williams. most feared wide receivers in the league, like Mike what? Williams and Keenan Since Allen. When? <laughs> anyway. 
Let's hop into the spreads and the money lines for this game. Uh, Baltimore is favored by minus two and a half. Uh, the money lines, Baltimore minus 140, uh, Chargers plus 120. And I'll go ahead with my pick. Um, I don't know how you can dart the, uh, doubt the Chargers at this point. I mean, I've doubted them. I doubted them last week. But they put 47 on the Browns and beat them. So they showed me. And we had a lot of great points. Like, I don't think this Ravens offense is nearly as electric as the Ravens offense is, clearly. Um, despite Lamar's heroics, I don't think he's going to be able to keep up. Like, if anybody could do it, it's Lamar. Like, I, I'm a believer now. But it's just not, like, I think Chargers are just going to put up too many points against Ravens secondary that, is really missing some Marcus Peters. So, yeah, give me the Chargers on the spread and the money line. Mitchell? I'm going to take the Chargers on spread and money line, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is a close game because we did just lose Ode Boucher to an ACL tear, and they have actually improved a lot in the pass rush from what I've seen with Owe. And now that their defensive line isn't on the COVID-19 list, they should be able to compete some. That Chargers O-line, though, is not messing around this year. Rashawn Slater looks like a goat, a goat. Um, Jaden, what you got for this game? Uh, this is this is so tough because I these know. are two teams so that I've been defending all year. And, like, I've been willing to go to bat for these teams. I was willing to go to bat for them in the preseason. So, it's kind of hard to pick a favorite here. But I'm going to take the Chargers on the spread and the money line. It, I would definitely take the Ravens on the money line if it wasn't – or on the spread if it wasn't two and a half, like if it was up a little bit. But I like the Chargers in this one. Even though the Ravens are at home, I think they're going to put up too many points for – the Ravens to deal with yeah good stuff good stuff and like we said those Ravens running backs have been struggling so this is going to be all on the backs of Superman himself Lamar Jackson so all right well that does it for that possible game of the week matchup right there but we've also got a really could be also a game of the week in Cardinals at the Browns Cardinals sitting at five and oh the last undefeated team in the league at the Browns. Browns are sitting at three and two. Um, took a really tough loss last week, so that record doesn't really speak for them. Um, this is in the four o'clock window, and things to watch in this game. Let's start off with the injuries, and there is an extensive amount in this game. Let's start off with, on the Cardinals side, MVP candidate Kyler Murray. Dealing with a shoulder injury right now. What's the status of that, Mitchell? Well, he's definitely going to play through it. It's just something to more so keep your eye on because of the shoulder injury last year with Kyler, and he fell off very hard after his shoulder injury. You just got to watch for the deep ball at this point. And on the Brown side, pretty much the entire roster. <laughs> uh, Denzel Ward, he's had a neck issue all year. He ended up leaving at one point in the game last week. Uh, I don't think there's a real reason to be worried because he has been limited at practice this whole week, so he should play. Jadavian Clowney, last week he was out. He'd been dealing with an elbow issue, but what kept him out was in pregame, he actually had a lot of knee soreness, 
I think that might have been more precautionary considering his injury from last year, and they just didn't want to push him. Miles Garrett, ankle and knee issues. I believe he's just going to play through it because he played through it last week too. He was a DNP on Wednesday, but from what I hear, they were doing it more for maintenance than anything. Kareem Hunt, (laughs) knee injury. Him and Nick Chubb have not practiced the past two days, but if I'm more hopeful for one of them, it's Kareem Hunt over Nick Chubb because Nick Chubb is dealing with a calf injury. And as we've seen, they can be a bit of an issue. Just look at George Kittle. If you try to play through that, you could make it way worse if it's an actual calf strain and land yourself on IR just like George Kittle did. Hmm. Interesting. So do you think there's a legitimate chance that Nick Chubb does not play this week? I do think there's a legitimate chance he's out because they have Kareem Hunt. Why sign him if you're not going to be willing to use him as a backup option? And this is not an injury to mess around with because your calf just results in so much of the explosiveness that you need at running back. And they can't afford – their key part of their offense is running game. And you can't afford to have Nick Chubb out for an extensive period of time and expect Baker to pick up without Jarvis there as well. Right. Mm, very interesting stuff from Mitchell there. Um, kind of, I love having an in-house injury expert. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? I mean, it helps me out with my fantasy lineups. It like, it helps me feel a lot better <laughs> about everything. It gives the podcast listeners so much information. Mitchell, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, big dog. Um, let's dive into more of the face value stuff to dive into this game. Um, Cardinals face a test in the Browns run game. Uh, we're, I'm going to approach this as if we assume that Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are both going to play in this game. Um, but the Cardinals run defense has not been very good this year. They've allowed the fifth most rushing yards, 139 yards per game, and the second most yards per attempt at 5.1. 5.1 yards per attempt. That's pretty, pretty high. And the Browns run game, if it wasn't a secret, they are monstrous, absolutely monstrous. They lead the league in rushing 187.6 yards per game. Um, they lead the league in rushing touchdowns with 12 already. Good Lord. And Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb versus the Chargers last week, 222 yards and three touchdowns. So, Cardinals are going to run into a problem in the Browns running game. Um, Next thing to watch in this game, why is OPJ not producing in Cleveland right now? I do not understand versus the Chargers. I was talking a lot about it on the pod before the game. If the Browns wanted to win that game, it was going to be, I mean, I've been saying this for a couple weeks. Like if the Browns want to win games, they are going to have to get Odell Beckham Jr. involved in the game plan. But it just didn't happen against the Chargers. Two catches on only three targets and 20 yards receiving. He's had only four catches and 47 yards in the last two games. But he does still lead the team in targets among wide receivers, but it needs to be more, especially in big games like against the Chargers and against a 5-0 team like the Cardinals. Um, Jaden, I'll start with you. What the hell is going on with OBJ right now? I have no idea to be completely honest with you starting or coming into the season. I talked about him having a huge bounce back here because the Stefanski wide zone offense 
is usually predicated around getting one star receiver involved. And he is that guy. He's probably one of the 10 most talented receivers in the NFL. And I'll stand by that to the day that I die, that he is so talented, but he's just not getting involved in this offense. And I don't know if it's the fact that they have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I don't know if it's uh, a coaching thing. I don't know if it's Baker Mayfield. I don't know what it is, but he's clearly the best receiver on this team. Even with Kareem Hunt there, he's still definitely the best pass catcher on the team. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, I guess if the run is working, keep pounding it, but I don't know. you're making OBJ very unhappy too. Like he came out today post post practice and was like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm not happy that I'm not getting the ball or I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm happy that I'm not getting the ball, something like that. But he came out publicly today and said that he wants the football. And frankly, it's Odell Beckham Jr. Get him the fucking football. Like, I don't understand. You need to win football games. Mitchell, you got any thoughts on this? I think part of the issue is that he is the only real receiving threat out wide right now with Jarvis on IR. And who's actually going to be afraid of Rashard Higgins and those tight ends? Donovan Peoples-Jones has kind of looked pretty good this year. Highly touted out of college, too. But I get it. I get what you're saying. Kind of sad stuff for OBJ right now. I don't know why it's happening, but it needs to be fixed if the Browns want to make it anywhere close to the Super Bowl this year, which me and Jane talked about in the offseason. There were, there's definitely Super Bowl hopes for this Browns team. I mean, they've got the talent to do it. They've got all the pieces. They just need to get OBJ going in the receiving game. Um, next thing to watch in this game, uh, so secret to anyone that the Cardinals are undefeated right now. They look to remain the only undefeated team in the league. Uh, their last five matchups, their last five wins, 5-0. and oh. um, Week one was at Tennessee, who has performed terribly. Uh, week two versus Minnesota. They have not been so great this year, but that's a good win there. Um, at Jacksonville, easy W. Um, then they played at the Rams and surprisingly put 37 points up on them. And then they went to San Francisco, or not to San Francisco, it was in Arizona, but they played a close one. I mean, the final score was 17 to 10, and D-Hob had that game-winning touchdown. So I think there's kind of a slight argument to make that the Cardinals have not played the stiffest, the stiffest of competition so far this year. Um, Matt Stafford has not looked the same since week three. Um, ever since that Cardinals game, he hasn't looked the same. So maybe the – I don't know. I think there's an argument to be made that the strength of competition has not been that bright for Arizona. But 5-0 and is still 5-0. and And Kyler has been phenomenal. He looks to continue his MVP campaign in this game. He's sitting at 1,512 yards, which is sixth in the league, 10 touchdowns, and four interceptions. Um, Mitchell, I'll start with you. Do you think Kyler still sits at the top of the MPP ladder right now with his 5-0 Cardinals? I think at the moment, not quite. I think he's just fallen off just enough. He's kind of been on the downtrend lately, and he's not leading the touchdown category anymore. He's had more picks. I think the other quarterbacks are just catching up to him, and I think it's going to stay that way the rest of the year. I agree. I totally agree with you. Jaden? Yeah, I, it's really tough just because of how competitive this is. I mean, obviously, we're only in week six. This is the most competitive MVP race that I can remember. There are 
five or six guys that have legit cases to be the MVP, like not like, you know, has a chance to be top three. All of them have a chance to be the guy and you can't take a week off. And he kind of took a week off last week and everyone else, Lamar Jackson went crazy. Brady went crazy. Herbert went crazy. You can't have a game where you're like, okay, I mean, I guess it was fine. Like you won the game. The only thing that's really keeping him in the MVP conversation right now is that the Cardinals are five and zero. Yeah, no, totally agreed. Totally agreed. Um, I think uh, from what I've seen out of Kyler so far this year and last week's performance was very, very discouraging for me, like to take, the 49ers to that close of a game, a 49ers team that allowed the Lions to put more than 35 points up on them. Like it's very, it, that's concerning. I mean, it came down to the wire. So, and it, it coming off the backs of a terrible passing day from Trey Lance and that 49ers team is just not looking very good right now. And they took them really down to the wire. So I have concerns about this Cardinals five and other thing. But and that only means worse things for Kyler's MVP campaign. Last thing I want to cover about this game is DeAndre Hopkins, Mr. D Hop, Mr. Nuke looks to feed off a strong performance last week. Um, He had six catches on nine targets, 87 yards and a touchdown versus the 49ers. He absolutely mossed Josh Norman for the game winning touchdown. I talked about it last week. He was my game ball for that. Um, But he had four less catches in the previous three games. So D hop needs to get it going. If this Cardinals team wants to stay undefeated or stay in the conversation, they need to, Jaden's been very adamant about this. They, why wouldn't you get your best player involved more? Not sure, but yeah, I see the shrugs from Jaden. Same here, same here. Get him involved. You need to win games. Let's hop into the spreads and the or the spread and the money lines for this game. Uh, Cleveland is favored by minus three and a half. The money lines for this game: Cleveland minus one seventy-five, Arizona plus one fifty. And my pick for this game, barring injuries, I think it's going to be a close one. Um, the spread is minus three and a half, so it's gonna if it finishes within a field goal, you cover that spread. So I'm taking Arizona spread. And I'm taking Cleveland money line, though. I think Cleveland's going to pull it out. I really have questions about this Arizona team. Um, I don't think this defense is as legit as everybody thinks it is. Um, They haven't played great offenses besides the Rams offense, but the Rams offense hasn't really looked the same. Um, I really have questions about this 5-0 team. I don't know how they're undefeated at this point, but I'll take Cleveland on the money line, Arizona on the spread. Jaden, what you got? This is a really tough one. I'm these these back to back games are really stumping me. The Chargers and Ravens game and this one is these are two tough games to pick back to back. But I think I'm gonna go Chargers on both the spread and the money line. I think the Browns are dealing with a Who? lot of injuries right. Chargers. <laughs> I think you mean Cleveland. <laughs> oh yeah. Kane, you said the Ravens offense isn't explosive as the Ravens offense earlier. I don't want to hear shit from you. Oh me really? and Mitchell both smiled and laughed about it. Jeez. My bad. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the Cardinals on both the spread and the money line this week. Uh, I think they stay undefeated. I don't think it's going to be a huge win. I think it'll probably be like decided by a touchdown. Um, but as much like you said, you don't trust this Cardinals team. I don't trust this Browns team. 
I think, especially if Nick Chubb is out, like Kareem Hunt could have yeah, a great barring day. injuries, barring injries. This is like if e- everybody's even then, healthy. Like I, I, I think they could have a nice running day, but it's not going to be enough because I think Kyler will be able to get things going. He's looking to have a bounce back week after last week. He didn't play very well last week against the good defense in San Francisco. He will have to stay away from the monster, the behemoth that is Miles Garrett, because he is what nine inches taller than him. Miles Garrett also leads the league in sacks right now. Yeah. Called him for defensive player of the year. There you go. You know, but he could literally pick him up by his head if he wanted to. So that's got to be startling. But if as long as Miles Garrett doesn't pick Kyler Murray up by his head, I'm taking the Cardinals. Fair, fair. Mitchell, what you got? Well, if at least Kareem Hunt plays, I think Cleveland will cover and they will win because they don't have Chandler Jones on the Arizona defense this week due to COVID. I think they're going to be able to run it down their throats with no problem. Yeah, against a rush defense that, like I said, has already been bad without Chandler Jones. So, good stuff. All right. Let's dive into our last headliner game that we have for this week, and that is Monday Night Football. Um, Not as intriguing as the last two games we covered, but still a pretty good game. Uh, it's the Bills who are sitting at four and one right now, possibly the best team in football at the Titans who have disappointed so far this year, but they're still sitting at a solid three and two on Monday night football. Things to watch. Uh, let's start out with the injury reports and Mitchell, I'll toss it to you. What's going on with Julio Jones this week? Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Well, he's been practicing in full. I'm assuming he'll be fine, but it's Julio Jones. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this pops back up at some point in the season because he tends to linger on all of his injuries. Yeah, even me not being the injury expert, I can attest to that from watching Julio Jones play for many years. These He likes to play through injuries, and it comes back to bite him all year. So good stuff. Let's dive into more of the more important points in this game. Um, number Number one. Can the Titans passing offense show signs of life? I mean, it's absolutely been dreadful so far this year. Um, But Julio Jones and A.J. Brown are both active for the first time since week one in this game. But Ryan Tannehill was really struggled without him. Um, He's got 1,200 yards on the year, six touchdowns and three interceptions. But I know that doesn't sound too terrible. I mean, that's definitely another common podcast word, serviceable. Um, But – he only has one game with multiple passing touchdowns, and um, they are the seventh least passing yards as a team. They have the seventh least passing yards as a team. That's more, only more than a few teams like the Bears, who have been terrible. Six teams, um, actually. You're right. You're right. Six teams. Good call. Good call. But that's more than teams like the Bears, the Dolphins, the Jets, the Texans, and the Jags. So not super impressive. Um, but that's less than teams like the Lions, the Washington football team, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, who I will say for myself, and I hope that Jaden could say for himself, don't have the most dangerous of passing attacks. And we definitely expected more out of Tannehill and the passing Speak attack in Tennessee this year. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Got to get it. No, I'm not slandering Ben. We went on a no, seven no days Ben slander. Yeah, you're right. No Ben slander for this week. Until midnight Sunday. You're right. You're right. Good shit. (laughs) 
Um, the next thing to watch in this game, does Josh Allen firmly take the reins of the MVP race in this game? Josh Allen has been phenomenal. He has 1370 yards on the year, which is ninth, 12 touchdowns, which is tied for fifth and only two interceptions. And this game against Kansas city really put him on the map for the MVP ladder. Um, he went 15 for 26, 315 yards and three touchdowns. We talked about it already. He also got his way on the ground, 11 carries, 59 yards and a touchdown. And this Tennessee defense is Josh Allen is not the kind of guy you want to be facing as the Tennessee defense right now, who has really struggled so far this year. They've allowed the ninth most points per game allowed at 26 and they've allowed two rushing touchdowns to QBs so far this year, which is more than most of every other team in the league. So kind of scary on the Tennessee defensive side. Um, finally, the final thing to watch in this game, um, how does the Bills defense fare against King Henry? Derrick Henry has been a monster this year. Um, me, Mitchell, and Jaden have talked about it on one of our previous pods. I had concerns coming into the year about Derrick Henry and his usage. Maybe he wasn't going to get as much usage as he had in the past, but he's only getting more. Um, he has 142 carries this year, which is obviously first in the league. The next closest person to him in carries, which is interesting. It's Alvin Kamara. He is the next closest person in carries to Derrick Henry, which who would have thought Alvin Kamara would have been a bulldozer back you this did. year? You did. I, I know oh, I did. God. You're right. I know I did, but like, did I think I was going to be right? No, <laughs> no, but. And that's yeah, what this podcast me. is really all about. Yeah. There you go. There you go. We don't um, but be right. <laughs> uh, Derek Henry, like I said, shit ton of carries. Uh, he's first in yards, first in touchdowns. I mean, he's been an absolute monster, but this bill's defense, they proved it against Kansas city and they've been proving it all year long. They are not, a defense to mess around with. They've allowed the third, third least rushing yards allowed at 78.4 yards per game, uh, third least yards per attempt. And they are one of two teams in the league to allow a total of zero touchdowns to running back so far. The other team, Jaden, you'll be happy to hear this. The other team that has not allowed a rushing touchdown so far this year is the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, yay. Woo. And they have yet to allow 100 yards rushing in a game to a running back. So with that, let's dive into our analysis um, by getting into the spread and the money lines for this game. Uh, the spread, Buffalo, minus five and a half. Uh, the money lines, Buffalo, minus 250. Tennessee, plus 205. And I'll go ahead and go with my pick first, um, taking Buffalo on the spread and the money line. I think despite... A.J. Brown and Julio being back in this game. Tannehill just sucks this year. He looks terrible. Like, Tana Thrill was a thing last year. Tana Hill is looking like more the Ryan Tannehill that we saw in Miami this year. So, he's coming back to uh, down to earth. Um, Julio and A.J., they haven't played a lot together. So, like, it's going to take some time for them to build that chemistry up with Ryan Tannehill. Not A.J. Brown, but Julio Jones. So, I'm just not feeling great about Tennessee this year. I was super high on them coming in, but also Bill's defense. I think they'll be able to limit Derrick Henry as much as you can limit Derrick Henry. I think they'll do a fair enough job. So yeah, give me Buffalo spread and the money line. Jaden. 
Uh, yeah, I'm also taking Buffalo on the spread in the money line. I just don't think the Titans are going to be able to score enough points quickly enough for this game to not get out of hand in Buffalo. But you're absolutely right. The Titans' offense outside of Derrick Henry has looked awful this year. And granted, they've been throwing to the likes of that one dude that has three, two last names. It's like something, something Westbrook. Westbrook. Yeah, like that that was a, that was Tannehill's primary target. So I can't fault him that much, but he has had AJ Brown for three or four two or three games, I think. And he's had Julio for like a game. But you know, that's kind of what you traded for was a game of Julio Jones. <laughs> um but yeah, give me Buffalo on the spread of my line. There you go. Mitchell. Yeah, I'm probably going to take Buffalo on both just because unless the Titans get the ball first and Henry starts taking over, this game could get ugly because their defense is horrible and their passing game is not good enough to pass on the Bills' defense. Yeah, you're right. So it's going to fall solely on the shoulders of King Henry. And, I mean, Derrick Henry could very well take over a game for 200 yards and three, four rushing touchdowns. If anybody's going to do it, it's Derrick Henry. But – you mentioned the Bills' defense, very good against the pass. They've also been very good against the run so far this year. So, yeah, that's consensus for us three, Buffalo on the spread and the money line. Um, let's quickly run through the other games that we have on the slate this week and some of the major injuries in this game that come into play. Um, first, we have another London matchup this week. It's Miami versus Jacksonville. Um, Miami sitting at 1-4, Jacksonville sitting at 0-5. At 9.30 a.m., another morning football game. Um, the spread for this game, it's Miami minus three. Um, but aside from doing an injury, that's pretty concerning. Uh, well, has been concerning, but maybe getting better. What you got on Tua Tungabailoa, Mr. Mitchell McDonald? Uh, he's looking like he's recovered well from his fractured ribs. He's definitely trending in the right direction to play. And this is the game for him to play because it is a must win and it's against Probably the worst team in the NFL. So, hopefully he can bounce back for the team. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, all right, let's go ahead with our picks. Like I said, the spread is Miami minus three. Um, I'm going Miami minus three, especially if Tua starts. Give me the, that spread. Jaden. Give me Jacksonville on both spread and money line. Jacksonville gets the first one of the year. Mm-hmm. I hate Miami. Gotcha. Mitchell. I'm going to go Miami on both, but definitely wouldn't be surprised if this is the game Jacksonville wins out of the 17 they have this year. Just one. (laughs) Good stuff. Uh, Next game we got on the slate is Kansas City, who is sitting at a surprising two and three right now at the Washington football team, who is also sitting at two and three in the one o'clock window. Um, We have some pretty major injuries in this one that we want to go over, though. Um, Mitchell, what you got? I'll just let you take it away. All right. Well, Tyreek's knee injury wasn't anything to really be concerned about. I have no real concerns over him. Clyde, his sprained MCL, that could be rough for them because they have okay running backs, but he'll be out about three to four weeks. So a month of, without Clyde, expected to be pretty pass happy. Jones looking like he's trending in the right direction. Antonio Gibson, I was going to talk about him last week because he has an interesting situation. He actually has a shin issue, which 
is a pretty rare thing to have in the NFL. It means one of three things. It's either shin splints, bone bruise, or he chipped the bone in his shin. And if it's shin splints or the bone bruise, it's just a matter of pain tolerance for him. And he has not been practicing so much this week. He missed practice Wednesday and was limited today. He's probably going to play Sunday. It's nothing to be concerned about. It's just a matter of how much pain he can actually deal with. And Curtis Samuel for Washington is a big concern for me. He's back to dealing with this groin issue. It's shown up yet again. He just got off IR for it, and it's popped back up. There's a major concern for this. He could easily go back on IR or require a season-ending surgery if he keeps injuring this groin. It's no. an injury that is, it's very easy to re-aggravate these injuries. And if he tries to force it again, he's probably going to need surgery. Oh, bro. That is like, that is the first time I'm hearing this. That like almost puts tears in my eyes, dude. I can't, I'm sick of this fucking team. I'll tell you that right now. Literally, I've been in a bad mood all week. I, I threw on. You. <laughs> it took what? you until now to think. You know what, man? I'm sick of this Washington team. I hate them. It took you till this season, not all the other seasons before this. No, I'm this not one. saying. I'm. I'm not saying. I, you don't think I've realized that we're bad, Jaden? Come on, man. Come on. Come on. It's like this uh, is the first season. You're like, man, this is ridiculous. No, bro. That's not what I'm. How saying. dare they? I'm just like literally, it's put me in a bad mood all week. Like. I threw on Redskins highlights the other day when, and I can say that because they used to be the Redskins. I threw on Redskins highlights the other day just to make myself realize why I root for this team. I needed to, I needed to recall why I do this. And I threw on one RG three deep pass. (laughs) Was that the The only highlight you had on the day? No, it was RG three's whole awesome rookie. The guy that brought that joy is now in a booth. (laughs) commentating that's how far you are removed from that joy and if nobody heard we are trying to hide the fact that we are a terribly dysfunctional organization by announcing in the middle of the week or not even the middle of the week on thursday for a sunday game that we are are retiring sean taylor's number sean taylor is rolling over in his grave right now he is about to come reach out of the grave and hit a tackle on dan snyder just like he did in the pro bowl so nice to tackle anybody right now. So I mean, you might need a Sean Taylor ghost. Yeah, I mean anything, anything, please. Anyway, um, this is in the one o'clock window, and the spread is Kansas City minus six and a half. Um, I think this is going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but give me Kansas City. They are going to be pissed in this game. So yeah, give me Kansas City by a million, Jaden. It's gonna be high scoring for one team. No, Did you watch that Kansas City I, I, defense? Yeah, yeah, I was. I was about to say, I Heidecke inserting himself into the MVP conversation this week. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, give me Casey on the spread and the money line. I think they're gonna be pissed. There you go, Mitchell. Casey's gonna clobber a money line and spread for them. <laughs> Look for some garbage time points from your Washington football team players in fantasy. But other than that, it's not going to be close. Yeah, I think this is going to be very similar to the Philadelphia-Kansas City game. Like, it's just going to be high scoring. Um, yeah. 
Next game we got on the slate, Cincinnati at the Lions. Um, Cincinnati sitting at three and two. Um, Lions are sitting at 0-5 in the one o'clock window. Um, let's get some injury updates on Joe Mixon and TJ Hawkinson. What you got, Mitchell? Well, with Joe Mixon, he was limited on Wednesday, but did not practice today. There's reports from the camp saying that this was initially planned as a maintenance day for Mixon. So usually one of these late uh, week DNPs is a major issue and you would be worried for them, but it seems like Mixon's going to play again. He played on Sunday, even though he wasn't very effective, he was in on the game. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him out on the field and playing fine, hopefully with more snaps. But Hawkinson, he's dealing with his same issue as last week with his knee. It's going to be limited all week. They're trying not to rush him back into it. Maybe thinking maybe in uh, grade one sprain on his knee somewhere because you can play through that. It's just not going to be pretty, and he's going to be a little limited. There you go. And TJ Hawkinson hasn't looked pretty in a while, man. He's been kind of sucking in fantasy. But – Spread for this game is Cincinnati minus – hold on. Do, 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 minus three and a half. Um, I'm taking Cincinnati on the spread and the money line. I really want to pick the Lions, but I think you got three very talented receivers that are going to tear up that secondary. Jaden? I'm going to do what you are too cowardly to do. Give me mm. Detroit on the spread and the money line. Mm. I feel like it's been too long. They need their win. They've been so close in multiple games this season against multiple good teams. They just play hard, man. Like, I know Dan Campbell is not going to bring the revolutionary scheme. He's just a freaking culture guy, and they love him there. They're willing to play hard for him. They know they're not the best team in the league, but they're willing to go out there and give it their all every Sunday. And Cincinnati's riding a little bit too high right now, even coming off of a loss. I like it. Yeah, you put it perfectly. I'm just too cowardly to pick the the Lions right now. Mitchell, what you got? I think this is going to be a tight game. But the issue is the Lions have Anthony Lynn. He is a curse. He cannot win close games at offensive coordinator. I think they're going to cover the spread and lose in heartbreaking fashion yet again, like every Chargers game last year. Oh, no. Oof. This, I don't think they would be able I to never, I never that. even made that connection. The Lions losing every close game this year by, like, gut-wrenching field goals, and it's because of Anthony Lynn. Didn't make that connection until <laughs> now. Anthony Lynn. He is a curse. <laughs> there you go. Um, next game that we have on the slate is the Houston Texans sitting at one and four at Indianapolis, who are also one and four. Um, in the one o'clock window, Indianapolis is favored by minus 10. Um, give me Indianapolis on the spread of the money line. Jaden? Uh, yeah, I think Indy's going to piss on them. This is like a season-saving game right now because they're one and four. And this is a team that if I would not have been super surprised if they only lost four games all season. Like going into the preseason, I wouldn't have been that surprised. This is a very good team that shouldn't be one and four. And this is the Houston Texans, who also shouldn't be one and four. They should be on five. There you go. Mitchell. I'm going to take Indy on money line, but I do think Houston ends up covering the spread because Indy's like secondary that. is a little banged up still. And it's 10 points, so. Yeah. And Davis Mills threw for three tutties last week. So maybe he's starting to find his groove. Next game we have on the slate is the Rams sitting at four and one at the New York Giants, who are sitting at one and four. 
Um, this game is in the one o'clock window and let's quickly run through some of these giants injuries that we had last week. Um, I'll start with Daniel Jones. What you got? Well, if we were going to do their full injury report, we could spend the full hour talking about that. But uh, <laughs> Daniel Jones dealing with his concussion, he's been limited to practice, which means nothing because it's just non-contact stuff. It's just a matter of whether or not he actually clears concussion protocol, which it seems like they might be hopeful for. And uh, the receivers for the Giants, every one of them's injured. <laughs> Galladay looking the least likely to play. He hyperextended his knee at some point in the game and had to come out. Knowing his injury history, would not be surprised if he doesn't play, especially hadn't been practicing. Slayton and Shepard both dealing with hamstring injuries. They are both practicing some. They should be within their time frame with hamstring injuries to play. It's just a matter of how they're feeling come Sunday morning. Tony, least worried about him. He played through his injury. I'm not that worried. But Saquon Barkley, that ankle looked a little gnarly. And uh, <laughs> to say the least, they, they, the x rays came in and they did not say they were negative. They just were better than they expected, which is not a good thing to hear <laughs> considering how bad that was. At some point, you have to kind of worry about maybe a fracture to the fibula and they just aren't announcing it or it's a way worse sprain than they're saying. He's doubtful for Sunday, but I would be shocked if he played at all or practiced. I I would wait and see on Saquon because it seems like they may be hiding something about him. I would wait until they do an MRI or something on him rather than an x-ray. Gotcha. Gotcha. And last time you said something about people hiding something, it was Dalvin Cook who ended up being a surprise sit. So good stuff. Um, who are we taking in this game? Rams are favored by nine and a half. I'm taking the Rams 100%. Spread and money line. Jaden. I want to die. I, I'm just so unhappy. Just give me the Rams on the spread and the money line. They're better than the Giants are. In case you were wondering, uh, Jaden's not a Giants fan. That's not why he's in pain. He is a Saquon fantasy investor. So, Mitchell, what you got? I got the Rams on both. They There's just nobody health and healthy in New York right now. There's no way they stand a chance in this game. Totally, totally. Next game we got on the slate, Minnesota at Carolina. Minnesota's sitting at two and three. Carolina's sitting at three and two. Um, let's quickly run through the injuries we got. Mitchell, take it away. Well, I'm going to start with the big one. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey, there's reports saying he did – well, he was limited Wednesday, did not practice today. A lot of people are saying he's doubtful, but they have not moved him to that status yet. If he does not play, you got to wonder why the Carolina Panthers did not just put him on IR so they could get an extra person on the roster, but – We'll see come Sunday. Dalvin Cook, his ankle issues are persisting, but he was limited Wednesday and he was a full go on Thursday. He is probably going to be in and playing on Sunday. Just watch for that ankle re-injury because it's a doozy for him. Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, they are both suffering with injuries right now. So far, neither have practiced. Adam Thielen did go out and run routes, but he went back for scheduled rehab He's more likely to play, but Justin Jefferson, he claimed he was going to practice today and didn't go out there. He's been dealing with an ankle issue. 
I would keep an eye on him as a surprise injury because he is yet to practice. Hmm. Interesting stuff. All right. Spread for this game is Minnesota minus one and a half. Um, that's interesting because Carolina for a minute was one of the only undefeated teams in the NFL. But give me Carolina on the spread and the money line. I just like I don't think this Carolina team is a joke. Like and not saying that Minnesota is a joke either. But yeah. And they've Carolina has been very effective against the run, despite what Zeke did to them that one week. Um, Jaden, what you got? Give me Minnesota on the spread and the money line. Uh, just got a weird feeling that they're going to win this game. No reasoning behind it. I like it, Mitchell. I have one of these. I have one of these games a week where I'm just like, there's no reasoning behind me doing this, but I'm going to pick this team. If you aren't going with your gut, sometimes then you are not a football fan. Mitchell, what you got for this week? Uh, it's McCaffrey dependent. I think the Panthers can pull it off and win if he plays, but if he's out, give me Minnesota on money line and spread. I think this offense is pretty explosive and the defense is finally coming back together for them. Gotcha. Next game we have on the slate is the LA Raiders who are sitting at three and two at the Denver Broncos also sitting at three and two, um, injury status on Jerry Judy, who might be coming off IR here pretty soon. Mitchell, what you got? He might be coming off IR, but I would not expect him for a while still. They're looking at more of a six to eight week time frame for his high ankle sprain. Fangio said he's making progress, but don't expect him yet. I would not be surprised to see him miss two more weeks. Damn, that's a bummer. Um, <laughs> spread in this game is Denver minus three and a half. Uh, give me Denver by a million. They're playing at mile high. Um, the whole John Gruden situation, uh, Denver has a really good defense and the Raiders couldn't do anything against the Bears defense last week. So, yeah, give me Denver. Jaden? Yeah, echo everything you just said. Those were basically all the points I was going to hit. Give me Denver on this run. Good. Mitchell? I'm going to take Denver on money line, but I'm going to take L.A. on the spread. I think Carl Nassib is going to treat – Teddy Bridgewater, like he thinks he is John Gruden taking snaps. <laughs> Solid. Uh, next game we have is Dallas sitting at four and one at New England, who is sitting at two and three. Um, injuries, real quick. Uh, what's going on with Zeke and Trayvon Diggs? Honestly, I, I'm not worried about either. When Zeke came back into the game, I didn't spend a lot of time on his just because he came right back in and then scored immediately, I'm pretty sure. Right. And Diggs is looking like he's going to be a go as well. This team is holding up pretty well. Good stuff. Spread for this game, Dallas minus three and a half. Uh, yeah, give me Dallas on the spread and the money line. Jaden? Uh, give me Dallas on the money line, but New England on the spread. I think they will keep it pretty close, a lot closer than people think. Mm, nice. Mitchell? I'm going to take Dallas on both. They're just – too explosive for this team, I think. Although I do, I if Mac Jones can pull out one of those signature clutch accuracy passing reincarnation of Tom Brady games, they can win <laughs> because this Dallas defense is very turnover dependent. I don't know if they can hold up without the turnovers. We like to say that here on the Blitz Pod, turnover dependence. Last game that we have on the slate is the Sunday night football matchup, kind of a stinker. 
uh, Seattle sitting at two and three, also without Russell Wilson um, at the Pittsburgh Steelers, who is also sitting at two and three. Um, quick injury run through what you got on Chris Carson, DK Metcalf and Juju Smith Schuster. Chris Carson has yet to practice all week, even though he was expected to return today. Uh, that neck injury is lingering. Pretty sure it might be a herniated disc, the way it flares up, the way they've been talking about it. It could be a lingering issue all year for him, but that's definitely going to be one that you have to keep up with because this team desperately needs him. DK Metcalf, he went from limited practice who did not practice today with his foot injury. I would definitely keep an eye on that. If he practices tomorrow, it's okay. He's fine, but he could have aggravated his foot injury if he does not practice tomorrow as well. And Boo Boo Smith Schuster is going to be out for the year. He dislocated his shoulder. I'm sure there was a ton of ligament damage in there. He's He could recover in four months, but let's be honest, the Steelers are not going to be playing in four months. Agreed. And this was a prove-it deal for – well, not a prove-it deal for Juju, but he did sign a one-year deal. And that kind of sucks, man. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck, Juju. I hate Juju. I've said it on the pod a hundred so times. relegated to college football. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Pittsburgh is favored by minus five. Um, I don't know. Without Chris Carson being fully healthy, give me Pittsburgh on the you know what i'll take seattle on the spread because i think that geno smith is a lot better than people give him credit for he looked really good last week um but give me pittsburgh on the money line Jaden. yeah give me pittsburgh on the spread on the money line this is the first time i felt confident taking the steelers all year and it probably will be the last time i feel confident taking the steelers all year nice uh mitchell uh give me pittsburgh on the money line but Seattle on the spread. I think Gino might actually end up doing damage on this rough secondary that Jaden has talked about a lot. That's what I'm saying. And it's it, it is Watt and Cam Hayward yet. Well, it is DK yeah, but that's and Tyler one thing they didn't prove. They didn't prove their offensive line. So I'm not as worried as I would have been last year if it was Seattle in this situation. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. The last segment that we are going to go over is our start and sits. Start and sits. Let's dive. Let's dive into it. Um, quarterback. My start this week is my very own Mr. Taylor Heineke. Um, he plays Kansas City this week, who got embarrassed by Josh Allen. And I'm not saying that uh, Taylor Heineke is Josh Allen, but over the entire year, Kansas City defense has Josh looked Allen, terrible. <laughs> um, Kansas City has allowed the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. They are tied for second with the most rushing touchdowns allowed to quarterbacks. And like I said, they allowed Josh Allen to go run and pass all over them last week. And Taylor Heineke, he has more than 40 yards rushing in the past two games. And he's a very mobile quarterback. He's proved this, diving for the pylon, et cetera. Um, he also has multiple touchdown passes in three or five games this year. Um, the only games that he had less than two passing touchdowns in were against the Chargers, who are very good pass defense, and New Orleans, who are also a very good pass defense. And I mentioned it earlier, this game is going to call for a shootout. We're going to be behind early, so Taylor Heineke is not afraid to air out the ball. So give me Taylor Heineke as my start. Jaden. Uh, yeah, I've got Trevor Lawrence. I think uh, I picked Jacksonville. So – 
if Jacksonville is going to win the game, it's going to go through Trevor Lawrence and Trevor Lawrence is probably going to have a big day. I don't trust Miami's defense. I know they've got Xavier Howard back there, but they have practically no pass rush. And I would pick another player from Jacksonville's offense, but someone decided to take them already. Mm. Mitchell. I'm going to go with Kane. I think Heineke is going to go off this week. It, it's a bad defense. He's probably going to be playing behind and have to pass the whole game. Yep. This is the same argument we have for Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts had a very good day. So my sit this week is Derek Carr. He's playing Denver, who has allowed the second-least fantasy points to quarterbacks. Um, it's going to be a mile high, which I think might propose some problems for the Raiders. And Derek Carr has, despite – being almost atop the MVP ladder at one point. He has thrown an interception in the past three games, at least one interception in the past three games, um, less than 206 yards passing in the last two games, and he no longer has his head coach. So, yeah, give me Derek Carr as my sit. Jaden? Uh, give me Ryan Tannehill. He's facing that tough Buffalo defense, and I think if they win this game, it's going to be off the coattails of Derek Henry. So they're probably not going to use Ryan Tannehill this week gotcha Mitchell I'm gonna sit Aaron Rodgers this week I think it's gonna be a low scoring game he's not gonna be called upon as much very limited in what he's gonna actually have as a ceiling for scoring interesting all right let's dive into the running backs and my start this week at running back who you might have been referring to Jaden is uh Mr. James Robinson he is playing Miami this week, who have allowed the third most fantasy points to running backs, and they've allowed a league-leading eight touchdowns to running backs so far this year. Um, and James Robinson, despite being stuck behind Carlos Hyde for a second there, um, since week two, he has more than 15 carries in each game that he has played since then. He's had 18 carries in the past two games, and he's had one, at least one rushing touchdown in each of those games since week two. Um, James Robinson is back to being a main guy in Jacksonville, giving me him as my start this week. Jaden. Uh, I got Khalil Herbert. The superior Herbert is my start this week at running back <laughs> uh, with Damian Williams landing himself on the COVID list and David Montgomery still on IR. And I think the Bears really want to win this game. This is a big rivalry game. And they are insistent upon keeping the training wheels on Justin Fields. So they're probably going to hand the ball off a lot. I like Khalil Herbert this week. Gotcha, Mitchell. I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor just because Houston stinks and he should be able to eat. Good stuff. Um, I sit this week at running back is Chris Carson. He is playing Pittsburgh, um, who are a very good run defense so far this year. Like I said, yet to allow a rushing touchdown. Um, and Chris Carson, not looking good. Injury concerns this week, might not even play. Um, and despite that, he's had less than 50% of the snap share in the past two games he has played in. And over the past two weeks, in week four, 13 carries, only 30 yards. And then week five, he was out. So, yeah, sick Chris Carson this week. Jaden? Uh, I got Josh Jacobs. Uh, he's looked kind of good, but if you actually look into the numbers, he hasn't looked that great. He's been the only good games he's had come with touchdowns and he is going to mile high to play Denver. Who's been a very good run defense this year. I'm sitting Josh Jacobs. Gotcha. Mitchell. 
mine's going to sound a little weird because I'm going to bench Daryl Williams. I've looked into the stats. Washington football team, if they get beat by anything running back-wise, it's a receiving back. And I think Jarek McKinnon is going to get more of the receiving reps than Daryl Williams, even though Williams is, to quote the Blitz pod, a serviceable receiving back. I think McKinnon's just better at it. Yeah, I mean, Jarek McKinnon has proved it in the past that he is a nice little solid addition for a team. God forbid um, he gets tackled, though, because he's probably going to be done for the year. <laughs> wide receivers, let's dive into it. My start this week at wide receiver is Emmanuel Sanders. He's playing Tennessee this week. We mentioned a very sketchy defense. Um, they have allowed the most fantasy points to wide receivers so far, and um Emmanuel Sanders is looking a lot like Josh Allen's deep threat this year and against a very, I'm not putting these two in the same category, but against a very similar player type, uh, Tyler Lockett played Tennessee and he went for eight catches, 178 yards and a touchdown. Um, so also Emmanuel Sanders, I'm going to throw some next gen stats at you real quick. Uh, he's third amongst NFL pass catchers in targeted air yards. So <laughs> Josh Allen's airing it out. And Uh Manuel Sanders has at least 20 fantasy points and two touchdowns in the two of the last three games that he has played. So give me Emmanuel Sanders as my start. Jaden. I got Chase Claypool. He is now in a two wide receiver room versus a three wide receiver room. When Juju was there, he also faces Seattle who secondary stinks. And I'm, going to practice what I preach here and starting him totally not out of necessity, but just because I want to, right guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mitchell. <laughs> uh, this guy usually is not a concern for it, but lately Mike Williams has been shining. So I think they're going to have to double team Mike Williams and Keenan Allen is going to be the start of the week. You got to pick your poison in L- against LA. And I think, Keenan is going to be forgotten a little bit with how good Mike's done. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. We were talking about it a little before a little spoiler earlier for the start sits, but finally gets to reveal it. Um, my sit this week at wide receiver is Hollywood Brown. He's playing the chargers this week. They've allowed the third least fantasy points to wide receiver and they're only allowing almost 12 catches, 117 yards per game to wide receivers in general. And um, I think just how this game is going to play out, I think the Ravens will rely on the run against a bad Chargers run defense. I know we were talking about the running backs and they've been struggling lately, but I don't know. I I still have faith in Latavius Murray. He was really solid last year. So I think they just need to get him rolling. Um, But yeah, sit Hollywood Brown this week. Jaden. I got Amari Cooper. Just have a weird feeling that he's going to be the odd man out this week. And that's just kind of how it is in Dallas and, you know, New England secondary isn't that bad. So there you go. He'll probably be put up against JC Jackson too. So yeah. Mitchell. Jaden yet again with another gut call there. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna go with Kane on the Hollywood Brown benching. It's just we don't allow a lot of yards to receivers, and I think we have enough speed to actually handle him in our secondary. So I don't expect a ton from him. Plus, it's day game Hollywood Brown. That's when he gets the butterfingers and starts sucking. Just look at Detroit's game. (laughs) That's the truth. That's the truth. Finally, let's dive into our last position group. 
and that is the tight end spot. And my start this week, I really, this is a sleeper pick, but I'm really confident about it. Rookie Seals Jones, the tight end for the Washington football team this week. Like I said, this Kansas City defense is absolutely terrible. They've allowed the six most fantasy points allowed to tight ends. Um, they allow the most yards per game to tight ends with 93.2. And there's going to be a shootout in this game. Um, but on the Ricky Seals Jones side, just arguing him, um, there's no Logan Thomas in that offense right now. And Ricky Seals Jones had nine targets against New Orleans. Um, he only finished with only finished with less targets than Terry McLaurin on the team. Um, and nine targets is very significant. And I, I was watching the post game or not post game, but post practice uh, press conference that Taylor Heineke had on Wednesday. And when the reporter asked him if he misses Logan Thomas right now, he was like, yeah, I mean, he's a big target. He's a nice red zone guy for us, but we have Ricky Seals Jones. He's been doing balling out in practice and he's done it in games so far this year. So Taylor really likes Ricky went to him a lot last week and I think he'll do it again this week. Jaden. Uh, yeah, I've got a bit of a sleeper pick, but I really like it. Uh, Ricky Seals Jones. <laughs> that Kansas City defense is awful, and there's no Logan Thomas in that offense anymore. He had nine targets last week against New Orleans, and Taylor Heineke really seems to like him. He said in an interview recently that, you know, yeah, he misses Logan Thomas, but they've got Ricky Seals Jones, so I think he's going to look for him this week. Wow. Not I'm appalled. I'm appalled. That's very good stuff, Jaden. Thank you. Thanks. Mitchell, what you got? <laughs> I'm going to take Mike Gusecki this week. Tua's coming back, and I know it wasn't very promising week one, but he had a good connection with him last year. And Devontae Parker, yet again, might not play. He hadn't practiced all week. He made the flight, but he might not play, and it's Gusecki and Waddle to pass to. So I'm thinking Gusecki's due for some yardage. Amen to that. He's basically that offense right now. I mean, Miles Gaskin had a nice week last week, but he, um, especially if Jacoby plays, he loves him some Gusecki. Um, my sit this week at tight end is Austin Hooper. If you weren't already sitting him or if he wasn't, if you were trying to get rid of him off your roster, you should also do that. But um, he's got a bad matchup this week playing against the Cardinals. Second least fantasy points allowed to tight ends. They've allowed zero touchdowns to tight ends. Um, and Austin Hooper, like I said, he sucks. Um, he's clearly being beaten out by David Njoku. Um, David Njoku has seven catches, seven targets, 149 yards against the Chargers last week. So they're going to be giving Njoku more looks. Um, and in that same game, Austin Hooper received zero targets. He had three or more targets in the prior four games. Um, and Austin Hooper has yet to step up despite the absence of Jarvis Landry. So, yeah, sit Austin Hooper this week. Jaden? The Tony Gonzalez clone is being sat in fantasy football. What I is know, happening right, right now? Uh, I'm sitting Bobby Tanyan. This week, he's got a tough matchup against Chicago. Everyone knows the deal with him. He's either going to score a touchdown and do good or not score a touchdown and do bad. I don't think he scores a touchdown. Sitting Bobby Tanyan. There you go. Mitchell. I'm going to sound like I'm copying someone yet again because I'm last in the rotation for these, but I'm sitting Bobby Tanyan as well. Those <laughs> linebackers in Chicago are something serious. And if anybody's going to get points for them, it's probably going to be Devontae Adams or Aaron Jones. 
Amen to that. All right. Well, as we conclude this podcast, we are sitting at a nice 2.54 in the morning. So just realize how we put a lot of work into this, man. Like we we are out here grinding at almost three o'clock in the morning, getting this podcast out to you. But we love to do it. And, you know, we're just on the grind, man. So I'll have this episode out hopefully before noon tomorrow, but definitely early on tomorrow, as in Friday, as in today, actually, because it's three in the morning. But yeah, good luck with everybody's fantasy teams this week. Um, The luck that you wished my way last week did not end up working out because I'm now 0-5 in my big money league. So um, yeah, there's no saving me. So thanks a lot for all your help and your support. And uh, yeah, it's just a lost cause at this point. I'm going off the reserve, but he did not listen to his own start of the week at running back and let Kareem Hunt sit on his bench. So it's right. his own I fault. always try to. It's like I'm trying, to, I'm trying to like outsmart <laughs> like myself and like the fantasy rankings. Like, well, clearly I, listening to you is just not a good idea anyway. So listening to your own start of the week <laughs> would, you know, henceforth be a problem. I mean, AJ Brown was higher in the ESPN ranking. So I was like, I went with him, but I didn't even listen to myself. I have some pretty good points, but apparently I'm just done. It is what it is. Anyway, thanks a lot, guys, for listening. Um, Keep an eye out for that jersey giveaway. Once we reach 100 followers, we are giving away a free jersey. So go to the Instagram page at BlitzPod, like the photo, um, give us a follow, tag your friends, do the whole dang thing. So. With that, we'll catch you later. Good luck to everybody this week. Peace.